Hello, welcome back. My name is Dr. Christopher Gennari. This is the Great Big History Podcast. In this episode, we deal with politics in Qin and Han dynasties, and we're going to wrap up our China chapter. And so let's get into it. Let's get started. The Qin dynasty lasts for 15 years, from 221 to 206 BC. It's Qin, Q-I-N. This is the first emperor. This guy who wins following a warring states period is going to make himself different. He's going to unite China under himself and he's going to say, I am not a king. I am not a tribal chief. I am not weak. I am an emperor and I am going to change how you see me and how I act and how the leader of China will act. So what we have is the first emperor, the first guy who's going to run the show with the absolute power. That tells you right away that this guy is different from all other leaders we've had in China before. He thinks of himself as different. He's going to behave differently. And what he does is try to burn China's past. Commit China to a cultural isolation, a historical isolation. Why? Well, the Qin are kind of like China's bad boyfriend. If you've ever had, I mean, I guess uh, girls can do this too, but this seems to be a guy thing, that you have a boyfriend who's very upset that you ever had other boyfriends, that you ever, like, went to the skating rink with somebody else, that you have teddy bears or emails or texts or birthday cards from somebody else, and what do they say? Get rid of all that stuff. Why? Mostly because they're insecure. Mostly because the idea is if you have previous boyfriends, how important can he currently be? How much can he matter? How impressive can he be? But if he's the only emperor, the only leader, the only, if all things start with him, then he must be by definition the most important thing. There's no one to be compared to. And so the Qin emperor burns the past. A lot of Confucian stuff, a lot of history, previous kings, the idea being I am in charge. China starts with me. Three, this attitude continues with the massive public works. This, this, Emperor is going to build huge things. This is the emperor that will build the terracotta warriors that are currently um, touring the country and in Philadelphia. Uh, this is, he's going to start building what will become eventually the Great Wall or one version of the Great Wall since there's constantly different kinds of Great Wall. But he's going to do it using slave labor. Why? He's not going to pay the people. He's going to say, you owe me three months of labor. Why? Because it's a statement of power. Just like number two, cultural isolation is a statement of power. Look what I can make you do. I can make you burn your teddy bear. I can make you work for me for free 
for three months. I can do this to you. Now, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about a boyfriend who comes in and tells you, get rid of your past? You should be pissed. You should say no. And no slave in history ever liked being a slave. So do you, how do you think people felt about the chin? And that's exactly what they did. They disliked the chin. Yeah, he brought stability and was a pain in the ass. And so they weren't happy with him. And so when he dies, when he dies, you get a revolution of the nobility and the people. Because you get a new guy who says, I'm the new chin. Hi, I'm going to be Emperor Billy. Let's, now you get the work and you do stuff. And people said, yeah, no, you're not like the old guy. You're not the old guy. No, I'm really, I'm just like him. I'm tough too. Really tough. Super tough. Just like him. Just like him. Really, I mean it. Don't test me. You won't like it if you test me. Because I'm tough. Really, I promise. And so people didn't want to take it anymore. And they revolted against him. So was the Qin Emperor a good Confucian Emperor? No. Because it wasn't about connections. It was about responsibilities. It wasn't about obligations. It was about what you can do for me. I am the Emperor. Go F yourself. China was my China. And there's a certain relationship between Qin and China. But the death of the guy, the death of the emperor, equaled a revolution in nobility and the people. So is it a successful dynasty? No. We talk about it because it's the first. It creates this concept of China. It creates this concept of the emperor. It, it starts the journey. But in the end... People didn't want it. People didn't like it, and they rejected it when they had the chance. And what we get is the Han. Now, it's interesting that we start with the most unsuccessful dynasty, the Qin. And it's followed by the most successful dynasty, the 400 years of the Han dynasty, from 206 BC to 220 AD. It's going to be the most successful. Why? Well, it's anti-Chin. Just like that bad boyfriend that you had, who do you want your next boyfriend to be? The same? Similar? No. You want the opposite. You want the completely different. So what we had is a system in which it was all about the emperor 
and China didn't like it. So is there a system that has more connections, that is more about um, obligations and responsibilities to each party participating in it? Yeah, it's Confucianism. And so the Han are going to... The Han are going to use Confucius. They're going to bring back Confucius. They're going to be Confucian because it emphasizes this connection. And so what's the first part of your responsibilities if you're a government? We're back to protection, protecting. So we're going to push out dangerous peoples, especially those nomads in the West and in the North. We're going to push them back. And second, we're going to help you make more money. We're going to make your lives better by helping you have make more money and have a better life. So we're going to control trade routes. And what we're going to do is build a trade route to the rest of the world. We don't have that. We are separated by that sea of nomads. We are separated from India, from, from, from the Middle East. And what we're going to do is create that. It's there. We don't have a natural connection, so we're going to create that connection, and that's the Silk Road. And the Silk Road will be the connection to the outside world, India and the Middle East, and from the Middle East to Europe, and that will allow China to dominate global trade. China will export a large amount of the luxury items of the world. And so here's the thing. In the last 10 years, 15 years, my foreign policy magazines, my conferences have been the rise of China, the rise of China, the rise of China. What are we going to do? The rise of China. China's big. China's huge. Well, from the Chinese perspective, they go, whoa, 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 wait. We're just getting back to where we always were. From the Han on, China is the largest economy in Asia. It has the most people, which makes it, by definition, going to have the largest economy. It produces most of the luxury goods, the silks for the Silk Road, but also the spices. Columbus, the Portuguese, the England, they're all going to want to go to, they all bump into the new world, but they all want to get to China. Why? Because China had the stuff, the tea, the spices, the luxury items they wanted and could sell for a large price. The problem was that there, these goods came slowly across Asia, 6,000 miles, step by step, city by city, across Asia. So, they're going to dominate global trade. So, how does the Han... So, let's talk about that for a second. That's Confucian. That is, we will make your lives better. We will protect you from bad guys. The nomads. Because remember, cell people are always scared of nomads. We'll protect you from the nomads. We'll push them away from our borders. 
The second thing is we'll make our, your lives better. We will help you make more money so you could buy more goods to buy more luxuries that will help you have a better life. And that's huge. That is successful. The Han Dynasty lasts 400 years. It is successful. It is stable. So how does it collapse? Well, you get a the interesting connection between child emperors. You get a series of child emperors, one child after another, which means you had a child, you had an adult who had a child. And that young man said, I am emperor and I have a son and that is great. And then that emperor died. In his 20s, in his 30s, he died and he left a son who was still young. And now that child is emperor. That child has the powers of emperor. The problem is, is that a child emperor can't run China, can't be emperor. And so you need what's called a regency, R-E-G-E-N-C-Y, regency, which is a group of people, usually related, uncles, aunts, grandparents, brothers, well, no, they'd be younger brothers, uh, uncles, brothers of the previous emperor, who have a vested interest in, one, the dynasty, the continuation of the family in charge, but two, um, are perfectly happy hanging out and making sure that the child emperor becomes a real emperor and successful. And what we have is a series of these. So that means we had a child who grew up, became an adult emperor, and the first thing you do as an adult emperor is get married and try to have children, had a child, said, great, I have a son. <coughs> <coughs> And died. Which meant you now had another regency. And you had another regency. And that's fine. It sucks. Because what happens in the regency? Nothing. The regency is based upon stability. And so we have child emperors. And that's not so bad. We can survive that. Nothing much gets done in a regency. Because nobody wants to do anything that's going to mess anything up. They'll wait. They'll wait for the, the child to be an emperor and then make the decisions. And so... What we have is a series of about, you know, 30, 40, 60 years where nothing much is getting done. And that's still survivable. All we need is for nothing bad to happen. And something bad happens. And what happens is a death cult. An apocalyptic death cult religious revolution that wants to destroy the world. Like, that's what they want to do. They do happen. I know they come out of comic books. I know they seem completely crazy. But they do pop up. From time to time, a death cult that wants to destroy the world by first taking down government, replacing government with their own government, and then creating a gov government that will destroy the world. And so that's what this death cult was. Well, if you have a death cult, you got to deal with it. You can't just say uh, no. And so what the 
what they did was hire powerful generals. And the reason why is very simple. You hire powerful generals because a five-year-old can't lead the armies. And so you hire private generals and you hire their private armies. And these powerful generals and these private armies win. They defeat the death cult. And then they looked at the five-year-old emperor and said, yeah, yeah, we're not going to listen to you anymore. And what happened was the Han Dynasty broke up. And then immediately they started fighting each other. These guys started fighting each other to see who would be the next emperor, who would be the who would unify China. And their their experience, not that they remembered it, but their experience was the Qin, where China broke up for a little while, but it broke up for less than a year, and it was easily put but right back together. The Han are less than a year after the Qin. That's not what happened. What's happened is we have about 300 years of separation. And we get the private states, the powerful generals, plus their private armies create these private states who then battle each other. And the story of that collapse and the story of that um, reunification and those wars of reunification is the one of the first novels ever written, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And if you've ever played Dynasty Warriors, if you've ever played Romance of the Three Kingdoms, the strategy game back on like Nintendo, that's the story you're playing. It's one of the first novels in the world, it's it's one of the founding stories in Chinese literature. It is the romance of the three kingdoms, and it is the story of the heroes and the major characters and the villains of the end of the Han dynasty. Thank you.